Welcome to Cat's podcast episode number 13. I'm your host Cat and in today's show I'm talking to Shannon Hugman whose passion and profession is energetic astrology. She describes herself as a cosmic meteorologist, a weather forecaster for planetary constellations, and she gives us guidance on understanding the current flows of cosmic energy. Having an understanding of and the ability to tune into these bigger currents of energy can help us go through life with more ease, with more insight into our personal experiences and with overall more success. Shannon shows us how we can start our own journey into energetic astrology without having to have knowledge of the stars and you'll also learn why your star sign Virgo, for example, or Cancer or Sagittarius isn't everything. It's not saying everything. <laughs> We also dive deep into the current, the topical energies, and we're connecting the dots between the cosmic cycles and what's happening on Earth right now. So be prepared for a fiery call to action in this revolutionary time. I personally love Shannon's easy and vivid explanations around astrology. She always finds a relatable image or an analogy to explain planetary constellations and their energies in, in a really understandable way. So at least for someone like me who's got no clue about all of that. <laughs> and this conversation is part of a series of podcast episodes coming up where we explore natural rhythms, you know, natural rhythms like the lunar cycle or daily energy cycles or the seasons and how tuning into these cycles can help us go through life with more flow, with more energy, health, joy, success, or simply put, overall more aligned and naturally empowered. Subscribe to the podcast now and be in the loop for more episodes covering concepts of Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, the female 28-day cycle, seasonal energies and other natural rhythms. There are more guests coming up speaking on this topic of tuning into natural cycles from various perspectives. And one more announcement on my first official sponsor. <laughs> This podcast is supported by Zoom. Zoom is a video conferencing tool and I think a lot of you know it. You've probably worked with it. You can make video conferences or just um, video calls or it's great for coaching sessions. And it's actually my trusted tool to record conversations with my guests because there's a function. It's called record audio only and I love that well that's that's actually what I need for a podcast and I find it a very reliable tool so thank you zoom and now let's dive into cosmic energies enjoy so how did you start your day today do you have kind of a morning ritual are you an early bird or <laughs> I am not an early bird, but I'm a night. I'm a I'm a night owl. <laughs> but I, I am. I am actually working more and more on really starting a morning ritual. So today, 
Well, the past few days, well, past few months, actually, I just start simple. So I just have like some lemon in my water and I just sort of sit in a moment with myself. So this morning it's really nice and sunny. So I spent a good chunk of time just outside in my backyard in the sun, just drinking my water and just breathing and meditating. And so I'm excited to add more pieces to my morning routine and and more uh, components of it. But for now, it's just drinking lemon water and just sitting with myself. (laughs) Mm, That sounds lovely. That that sounds like the core of my morning routine. So if I can't do anything else, I simply sit in stillness with my morning coffee. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's the basic, that's the absolute core. And Yeah, I like it. (laughs) I love it. Me too. Me too. Um, So yeah, welcome to the show, Shannon. I'm super happy to have you here today. And we will talk about how natural rhythms, in this case, natural rhythms in form of energetic astrology can help us thrive, you know, can help us to live with more flow and with more energy and overall healthier and with more success. So overall in a better way. And we'll dive more into that. But before we start or we dive into the topic deeply, tell us about yourself, what you do, uh, what is energetic astrology, just to, to give the listeners Uh, like an overview of what you're doing and um, where we are today. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of consider myself a cosmic meteorologist, kind of like a weather forecast for the universe or the energies. And so when I use the term energetic astrology, although it definitely has components of traditional astrology uh, in terms of some similar archetypes when I'm talking about the planets or the or the signs or things like that. But the energetic component to it really adds in this, this component of emotions and feelings. And so I really see the zodiac signs and the celestial bodies as archetypes for feelings and emotions um, and ways that we can relate to life. And so With energetic astrology, I don't feel like the planets are doing anything to us, but I see them as currents of energy that flow all around us. And so I've always, since from a young age, um, been, I get vibes from people, I guess we'll just say. And later in my life, when I found astrology, it really resonated with me. However, I feel as though I'm not a traditional astrologer. I'm not somebody here to tell you what you are or tell you I don't predict the future or say what's going to happen or say, you know, it's not about that at all. Instead, my work really has to do with giving people what I like to think of as the primary colors of the zodiac and the celestial bodies. And so that each person can take those colors into their life and paint whatever picture they want. And so a lot of the time with astrology, we get interpretations of energy. And so we'll read you know, a a blog written by somebody saying, this is what's going to happen on this full moon. Or we'll get a reading with someone who says, oh, this is because of your date of birth. This may be your experience. And I really see those interpretations of the energy as super important. And I consider myself an artist where I definitely 
write blogs and I do sessions and I, and I offer those, my interpretations to the world. However, I feel like with my, my, my core of my work is really helping people, offering people to, to learn those core archetypes themselves so that my dream is in a world where we all have a relationship to the moon. We all have a, we all have a relationship to the archetype of the moon or the sun or the zodiac beyond just our sun signs. So I really feel like energetic astrology is about getting to know the threads of a tapestry. And I feel as though this tapestry can be an analogy for, for life or for the, the universe or just existence on earth. And of course, there's going to be so many different ways that we can talk about life. There's so many different languages uh, on this planet. And so for me, I think of astro energetic astrology as a dialect of this language of the universe. And so it's a way of understanding ourselves, understanding the world, but not from a lens of us being secondary, not from a lens of the planets are doing this or because I was born at this time, I have to have this experience. Instead, from a way that an artist doesn't sit at their finished painting and think, oh, I had to do this or this, I had to create this. I mean, maybe some people do. But for the most part, it's about taking that, that col those colors, that paint set, and then creating an interpretation of ourselves or seeing ourselves as a masterpiece or the world as some sort of artistic expression and to me energetic astrology and the work that I do teaching uh, people how to interpret these archetypes or offering my interpretations I really see it as an artistic expression of an interpretation of the of the universe and I also feel like life is an extension of the universe so also an artistic expression of life mm, beautiful very insightful and very intriguing <laughs> um <laughs> i love that and so just just um to understand that correctly so you are more giving you are more helping people understand the archetypes and how the energy um flows between those archetypal archetypal patterns and themselves so it's more about the archetypes than the individual star signs or star constellations, right? Well, I actually see the, the star signs as the archetypes themselves. So okay. I think about it as there's 12 signs, right? Um, and I think of it as those are 12 themes. So those 12 themes are 12 archetypes, we could say, or 12 currents of energy or 12 strands of the tapestry. So I do use this, the 12 signs, absolutely. And those are really what I consider those, those, those paint colors or those, those streams of energy or streams of consciousness. Okay, so you're also diving into these like individual constellations. Yes. And so, yeah. yes. And, and doing so, I do it from a lens of we, so when I use these uh, themes of energy of the constellations, I think of it beyond just our sun signs. So what has sort of happened in the mainstream world and over the course of the, the last century really is we've had 
sun sign astrology be created. And essentially sun sign astrology was created through newspapers and magazines who wanted to, who wanted to give readers a reason to keep coming back <laughs> to read by their newspapers. And so they created, of course, we all have a sun sign, which means it's the, the, the sign that the sun was in when we were born, but we also have moon signs and Mars signs and Venus signs and, and all the different signs. So often what I find when people talk about astrology, specifically a traditional astrology, we hear the 12 signs or we hear, you know, Gemini or Sagittarius or whatever it is. And we think that's, just about the sun sign. Either that's my sun sign or that's his sun sign or that's not my sun sign. But I talk about these 12 themes, these 12 signs, these 12 energies or archetypes as if this is the entire sky. That's essentially what the zodiac is. It's a map of the sky. And we are all, all the signs. We are the whole sky. And that's the tool I use in um, consultations. I use a tool called the birth chart, which shows where all the planets were. So mm-hmm. I use the constellations, but I, in, I use them in a way where we are all, all the signs. And so what I really get excited about in a big core part of how I use these archetypes and use these um, colors to paint a picture for my audience is through looking at where the planets are now. So everything that I share fundamentally, if I'm interpreting an uh, astrological energy, it definitely is including the signs, but not using the signs in terms of just sign specific sun sign astrology, but instead from a more holistic view where we all have all of these themes or strands within the tapestry that make up who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes absolute sense. Um, I, I could draw the parallel to Ayurveda where you have like a certain doshi constitution and basically you can like, um, break it down to one or two doshas or a combination of two doshas, but, um, where in reality we have like all three doshas within us. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably the same thing here and it's, um, yeah. Yeah, So just. Yeah, sorry. Just one more thing to clarify. So I said star sign before you said sun sign. So the star sign is the, it can be someone's, or it is the sun sign when it is in a certain constellation, right? Or Yeah, so I, I, I honestly, and a big part of who I am and, and what I share is I'm not one for ultimates or specific things. So for example, if someone wants to say zodiac sign or someone else wants to say star sign, I mean, it just, whatever the intention is behind it, I don't really think that there's like a right or wrong way of doing it at all. Um, but I, I said sun sign as in, we, we know we you know we most of us know our main sign and we the, the sign that we would read our horoscopes for example mm-hmm. um, and I find that a lot of times when I hear that language of star sign I'll hear people say like oh that's my star sign um, <clears throat> sometimes people relate only to one only to one sign or at least think that only one sign applies to them so um, Star sign is a as a language we could say you know all twelve signs are in are star signs for example but what I was talking about when I said sun sign is when um, people specifically relate just on, or only know that they are one sign so I grew up always just thinking I was just a Capricorn and now I see that well my moon sign is Scorpio and my rising sign is Pisces and so I have more 
ingredients. It's almost as if I think of it as we are all like a, a cake, let's say, or you can be whatever you want to be. I'll be a cake. You could be like lasagna or someone else could be soup or we can be whatever we want to be. But to make that cake, there's all different recipes, uh, ingredients in the recipe. So the recipe of Shannon composes of, you know, a moon sign, a sun sign, a, a Venus sign. However, we all have these different recipes. And so our, our, our the language star sign can really be used to say, these are my star signs, like this is my sun and moon sign. Or, you know, I think it's just, I think it was it, the way that you used it was okay. And I just specifically use that language of sun sign because oftentimes when people hear star sign, they relate to their sun sign and then they relate to that. I am one of these 12 options. And yeah, so does that, does that make sense, my answer there? It absolutely does, yes. And I think it's really clear now. So at least I got it now. And um, I hope the listeners as well, maybe they got it even before me. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's good to um, to just have like the rough or a rough idea of what the terms mean or how you can interpret them and how they are used. So I think that was really helpful. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, and honestly, I, I really consider myself uh, like a kindergarten teacher for energetic astrology because we have not from in terms of we don't really learn a lot about this unless we go out and seek out the information. And so I think it is really, really good to start with basics because, again, um, that's a big part of what I do is, is debunking how we can use this energy and what it isn't and what it is. So thank you for those questions. Mm, thank you. <laughs> That's good to hear. Yeah. So um, what you just said about the kindergarten teacher, being a kindergarten teacher on astrology, um, I like the images you give. So I've been following you on Instagram for a while. And I actually know you through a mutual um, Canadian friend. And But yeah, looking at your stories and how you speak about uh, certain, you know, star or planetary constellations it's always so easy to understand and I think you give such great images as you just talked about the cake and the lasagna that's just an mm -hmm. example or you just give good images that that really helps someone who's got no clue about stars and astrology and all that stuff understand it Because sometimes, you know, I, I hear I hear things in that um, in that realm, or people tell me things about, oh, you know, now Jupiter is going into that constellation, and then there's Saturn, and I don't understand a word because they are so into the details and so into their language, I don't get it. So. Um, for you guys who are listening, um, if you're wondering what it's all about, <laughs> go to Shannon's Instagram or your website and yeah, I'm sure you, you get a better understanding of it. Yeah, and, and I always like to, I call it analogies and um, I mean, you can use metaphors or imagery or all the same, same word, but um, analogies are really important to me in my work and my book. I released a book 
last month called Analogies, Energies, and Celestial Bodies. And in that book, I really, I, I give all sorts of information, including all these archetypes and all these uh, analogies for the 12 signs and analogies and imagery for the celestial bodies and how we can interpret that energy. So there's all that, but a big well, not a big part, but a section in the book, I dive into the reason why I use analogies and the reason why I use imagery. And, and the reason is, is because then readers or listeners can connect their own dots. Because if I'm here and I say, it's like making a cake. You, we all, us, us humans out in the world, we understand that language of making a cake. And I can understand that I can have a relationship to that cake. So I mean, a better example I'll use just to illustrate really why using analogies is important to me is because let's say some of the themes of this energy that we're experiencing could be, okay, the analogy is like you've forgotten something at a store. You forgot to buy something on your list at a store. That's the analogy, but everybody can make up their minds about what that means for them. Because one mm -hmm. person forgetting something at a store might be really frustrating to them. That might be really, you know, that might mean that this energy is going to be a challenge for them. Whereas someone else who forgot something at a store, maybe they just don't care. And that's an excuse that they get to go out to a restaurant instead, or they're happy to go back to the store because they love going back to the store. So what I find sometimes in traditional astrology is there's a, a, um, a step of acknowledging the fact that these are astrologers, these are humans interpreting what is going to happen or what our experiences are going to be. And I like to leave the interpretation up to the listener or up to the reader. So I like to say, okay, it's like forgetting something at a store, which is a really relatable thing. We've probably all done that. And then you can decide if you're frustrated or you can decide if that's just funny or you can decide if you're excited to go back or whatever. Instead of sometimes I see traditional or astrologers or just creators interpreting the energy themselves. So instead of saying it's like forgetting something at a store, they maybe will feel frustrated when they forget something at a store. And so then they'll say, and this energy is going to be a really frustrating time, or this theme is mm -hmm. going to be really, you know, all over the place. We're going to be super unorganized, things like that. But it doesn't feel um, to me, a line to tell people how to feel, basically. So I tell, I share what the, the analogy is in, an, in a relatable um, way. Same thing in the book. Like I give analogies and archetypes for the 12 themes or for the console or for the planets or for these things. And then we can all decide how we feel about those analogies because I really, really never, ever, ever. Um, and I actually think it's kind of, unempowering and even irresponsible to tell people how to feel, to tell people it's going to be, this is how you're going to feel during this time, because we all are snowflakes. We all have different relationships to everything. So I like to keep it really just the core of here's the imagery, here's the analogy um, to give people something they can understand, but then they can also decide how they want to feel about it. Hmm. I love that. And, uh, when you just said unempowering, like giving a certain interpretation, that was what crossed my mind before doing it in the way that you do it, you know, showing people, okay, these are the energies and this will be the analogy to it. And now it's up to you with what you make out of it or how you approach it. And that is so much more empowering in the long run. 
and it to my mind it matches perfectly what we see on a or how i personally think we should see life you know it's it's not about what happens but how you how you deal with it basically and which which approach you take so you could view it um the glass half empty or the glass half full or it could be frustrating but maybe it's also very liberating on the other hand so it's um it's i think it's a very cool approach to do it like this yeah yeah thank you so diving into the uh, into today's main topic um, how natural rhythms can help us thrive. So just for the background, I just recorded a, or just put out a solo show where I'm um, pondering a bit on this time right now and self-isolation and how this time and the physical limits of this time decrease our options. But by doing so, um, create room for a new focus or for more depth. And so this time right now works as a, as a natural selector, you could say, of what we can do and what we can't. And sometimes that's really helpful, I find, to, um, to make more out of our life because we can't focus on a thousand things, but we can focus on three things, for example. And I saw that parallel to natural rhythms. So there are certain daily rhythms, you know, not every hour of the day has, a, has the same quality as another. And of course, we have the moon cycle or um, we have other um, daily rhythms or energies um, working on us. And all these natural rhythms, they also work as kind of a natural selector by if we tune into them narrowing down our options or what we do best certain time of a day or certain time of a month or with certain planetary constellations so how can your form of astrology or um, energetic astrology help us tap into that Awesome. Well, I really, I like to come down to this, this starting point of imagining that there's a micro and a macro. So there's the macro, there's the bigger picture, there's the, you know, the macro. And then there's the micro, which is the smaller, the, we could think of it as like the macro is the collective and the micro is the individual. And so from energetic astrology, I really invite you all to just imagine as if there's the micro and the macro. And we can approach the micro and the macro in, in different ways, just like the way we would approach a big crowd of people differently than we would approach someone one-on-one. -on -one. And so from a macro perspective, astrology can really offer us an interpretation of which way the currents are flowing, which, what are the cycles, what are the seasons, what could be the reasons to some of this, the happenings on, on the collective level. And so I call that the current energies. 
So I think of the current energies as where the planets are and how they're interacting with each other. And again, because I have uh, studied and learned and experienced the archetypes, I, I know the energy of Saturn, let's say, and I know the energy of Aquarius. So when Saturn is in Aquarius, I can draw parallels between those two energies. So for example, the current energy I talk about, and I think of that as like the weather report. That's where I say I'm a cosmic meteorologist and so when we know where the planets are we can understand um or it's just kind of the same way as in a, as the analogy conversation too if we know where the planets are or we know the interpretation of it or we know the analogy from that it can bring relevance to our lives it can help us to understand maybe why we're seeing what we're seeing and on that macro level as well from an, a looking at those current energies we can also look back at historically um, these themes because the planetary cycles are the planets. And again, there's many different planets. So they all have their own sort of patterns and timing. However, essentially, the zodiac is just planets cycling through the same circle over and over and over again. And there's a timing to it. And there's a, a rhythm to it. And so for example, every year, we have the sun come back to the same place. And that would be our birthday. So the sun every year, it's back and it, it refreshes and it cycles through. Um, but for example, like Saturn, Saturn takes 28 to 30 years to come back around. And so, um, so we can look back throughout history and we can look at what was going on the last time Pluto was in Capricorn, let's say, or what was going on the last time Uranus was in Taurus. And so what I like to do is I like to offer people a forecast from a collective level, like just like saying, hey, it's going to rain outside. We know it's raining. Okay, great. Like the moon is shifting into cancer. And that's, you know, a very emotional place. So, you know, it's a it might be a rainy emotional time the next couple days. Um, and so then we can also and I do that. I wrote, I write this in my book as well, looking back and saying, here's different things that have happened throughout history when that sign of cancer was influenced by a planet. We can say, okay, what's going on in our world right now? We have Pluto in Capricorn. And when was the last time Pluto was in Capricorn? It was in the late 1700s. And so we can look at, and this is sort of what I do in a lot of the articles I write and in my book and on my podcast as well, is I say, this was happening then. This is what's happening now. Do we see similarities? And I, and I feel as though a part of existence on earth, this is just a theory I have, we're always learning. We're always accelerating. We're always getting new tools. We're always adding up. So it's not saying just because something happened in the 1700s, it's going to happen again. It's saying, hey, we're back to review this lesson and to continue to accelerate. So in terms of how these themes can help us, how this understanding through an astrological lens can help is one, it can give us uh, like an energetic forecast for what's happening. And it, and it really essentially the zodiac and the planets are a framework to in to create a forecast from which again, I see it as a very artistic thing um, to say, you know, we all are going to have our own ways of interpreting these energies, but I, and that's why I have my artistic way through analogies. So it's, it's a forecast. So we can maybe see some relevance to what we're experiencing now, but also in a bigger, bigger picture, we can take a look at what's been, what happened last time. So how can we learn from what happened last time to not necessarily keep repeating, making all the same mistakes, kind of like when you write a test, I remember 
like when I was in school, you write a test and then you can either, you know, take your test. And if you got 50%, let's say you could just throw it out and you could just ignore it. But if you're wise, you're going to look at the questions you got wrong and you're going to study why did I get those questions wrong so that when I go to my next assignment, I, I know what I wasn't doing properly. And so that it can, from a micro, uh, macro level, we can also look at, okay, what was going on back then? How do we see parallels between what's happening now? But look what they chose back then. Do we want to choose to do that again? And so that's a macro level. So that's on a collective level. So that's not necessarily something that um, we're, we all have to find an agreement on. Because on a macro level, if it's raining outside, we don't all have to like the rain. It's probably going to be impossible to get everybody to say the rain is good or the rain is bad or one person's going to want it to rain, one person's not. And so the macro level is just the fact that it's raining. And we can't really change that, although I don't feel like astrology is the, is the same in terms of like physical rain. We, we can change it. We can work with it. But in for the sake of this example, this macro level of using energetic astrology is saying, okay, here's the rain. And then put the ball in the court of the individual. You decide what you're going to do about it. You decide how you're going to dress for the day. Um, but just having that awareness of, hey, it's a full moon can be super empowering to understand how to ride those currents. Somebody who you know is excited, who wants to learn more, can continue to study, and then they can understand what's going on from that um, interpretation they can make their own interpretations or they can come to my instagram and hear what my analogy is and they can mm -hmm. go with that into their lives and then there's the macro or the micro and i'm not going to spend too long explaining the micro but the micro lens then comes down to each of our dates of birth so we all experience the macro we all experience those current energies through the lens of our date of birth and that's where we get into the micro that's where we get into the individual so using our date of birth we can take a look at it's called the star chart or the natal chart or the birth chart um, and we can take a look at where the planets are when we were born and that's going to be if we choose to believe it the lens through which we experience those current energies so like i said we all have a different relationship to rain and the birth chart, the micro, helps us to navigate our own streams, our own um, themes. So in a way, I think of it as on a collective level, astral, and, and personally, I although I do both, and I, um, I really value and appreciate both lenses, I'm more of a big picture person. So for me, what gets me really exciting is looking, like I said, looking at back throughout history, looking at what's happening now, um, giving these forecasts so people can have relevance to these rapidly changing times. However, I also, through consultations and through courses, show people how to really get a hold of their own seasons and their own cycles. And that on that micro level, astrology can really help us to understand our own timing, our own, our own, um, our own clocks. Yeah. So they're, they're different, but they use the same 12 themes, but through different, different ways. Okay. Yeah. So what would be a good place to start if someone says, okay, I really want to tune into more, more into, um, you know, into my own astrological constitution, if you can say so. So would it be, um, 
going to someone like you and having a birth chart kind of drawn or um, what would be a place to start? So because it sounds really, really individual, it's not that you say, hey, there's the, like every full moon face has this quality or would that work as well on a more macro level? <laughs> yeah. So I think that there is, I, I literally think of it as like two different there. Um, I want to say it as if, you know, in, in, in high school we have like math class and then we have gym class, let's say for example. And so they're, they're two different classes. And so there are two different ways to study. And so, <clears throat> But at you know, in math class or in gym class, we're still going to be speaking English in both classes. So we could think of it as if under so on the macro class, like when we're when we're learning the macro subject, the lunar cycle is a wonderful place to start, um, and I'll talk about why. And then on a micro level, on an individual level, yeah, getting to know our chart is a great place to start, and and. And so on that macro level first, just because I do feel like there are two very, they, they have, again, similarities. They're using the same language, the same themes and archetypes, but they offer different um, uh, layers to the cake, let's say. So a place to start on that macro level, kind of getting relevant to what are these energies that are happening right now on the planet, um, a great place to start would be with the lunar cycle. And definitely every, you know, full moon is going to have some differences. Full moons are going to have differences for different people. There's all these ways that we can really dissect it and like look at it through the lens of the microscope and go into the micro. But on a macro level, there are still themes each full moon, which is, you know, it's an emotional high tide. It's when our emotions are coming to the surface. We have this heightened emotional awareness. And so I always say to people, a great place to start is with the full moons and the new moons. And what you can do, just somebody who's just really, it's really basic and simple, is either, you know, Google it or go to like an almanac or go somewhere and just find when are the full moons and when are the new moons. And find or write on your calendar when those full moons are and those new moons are. And so maybe you do that for three months and you don't necessarily know what exactly this, where the moon is falling for you or what is this or what is that, but you know it's a full moon and that day or those days leading up to the full moon, you're going to notice how you feel. And honestly, I know it sounds really simple, but this is how I learned everything that I do is through noticing how I feel during these cycles. And so I say to people, you know, if you, you know, it's going to be a full moon and every full moon for like six months or a year, let's say you spend time reflecting during that full moon of what your experience is. Maybe you write like a page in your journal by the end of the year, you're going to have all these reflections from full moons. And then you can look, you don't have to, but you could look at those and you could see how, how you feel during a full moon. So on the macro level, a place to start is to just know where the energy is, know that it's a full moon, know that it's a new moon, and notice how you feel. Because we all have this innate wisdom within us. And so that's on a macro level. On a micro mm -hmm. level, if you want just to... Just jumping in here. Sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> just jumping in here because I really love that. And I love that you're pointing it out. And as you said it, just noticing what you're feeling. And I think that's so important 
you know, establishing a relationship to yourself, basically reconnecting to yourself. Like, how do I feel? And just, yeah, just establishing this, this connection, because I think in so many areas of our lives that got lost somewhere along the way, like us growing up and being busy with jobs or like, yeah, being out of touch with ourselves. So I, um, I love it because I think it's a really great way to, um, to start establish a, rec- um, a connection with yourself. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad. And yeah. And that's always what I want is that, or well, I want for myself and I just share and teach what is based on my experience. And that's where it really gets in your body. You can, how does your body feel? You know, what are you, what's your intuition telling you not, you know, go read all the books and, and, and really um, be up in the mind about it. But I mean, of course we're going to be at the mind because it's, it's, there's so much to study also. And so the micro is more of maybe for those who really want all the details, who really want to like get into the logical side of it and understand the intellect of why it is this way and what could be this and really get into, yeah, like all the, the, the charts behind it. And so a really great place to start in terms of looking at your chart is on my website, I have a course called the Art of Astrology Online Academy. And I created this course five years ago because people were asking me, um, many, many people wanted to know where they could learn to do what I do. And because what I do is I'm very much uh, just creating from my intuition. I, I have studied under certain mentors like in the past and I have read books, but for the most part, I've kind of created this this way of doing it through energetic astrology and I haven't necessarily... I don't have a, I didn't have a lot of resources to refer people to because I'm kind of make, I'm not making it up, but I'm creating a new way of doing it. Um, so I created the art of astrology online Academy five years ago to give people these tools, to be able to create, read, interpret charts, um, even read relationships through charts. So that was something that I've been, hundreds of people have taken the course. And this year I've decided it's, uh, to offer it as a gift on my website. So it's now on my website. The Art of Astrology Online Academy. Um, it's a gift for you. You just click the Art of Astrology tab, and and, and it's and then you sign up. It's sent to you. Um, but I and Ooh, I share wow. that. Yeah, Thank I share you. that history <laughs> behind it because I know um, it, it, it's it's part of online. You know, you have like an opt in, or you give people something, and then they get your email and things like that. And it's not like this cheap free gift where I'm going to try to sell you something after like it's just genuinely because I want the whole world to be able or I want those who are interested in learning more to have access to the information uh, because it is really it can and this is a place where it's a good starting point because I the course it's broken down into I think six different uh, ebooks but basically like from the beginning it's just here's what you do here's the website you go to here's the buttons you click um, it really breaks it all down and then it breaks down how to interpret it the chart and read the chart um so yeah it's a really great resource and like i said i'm giving it as a gift but a gift that does truly have a lot of value and again why i'm giving it is because i think it's significant and important if there's someone out there who wants to learn because when we know better we can do better and i really feel like 
above like in addition to everything i've said energetic astrology can help us to just do better can help us to know ourselves better can help us to understand the playing field better so that we can all kind of level up and up our game because i do feel that it's it's time for that to a certain extent yes and that's what we're here um to talk about today <laughs> exactly to do better to thrive to you know live healthier and live with more energy and live more aligned and yeah overall better and i'll make sure that there's a link to it in the show notes as well so people can oh, just you. easily click on it and don't have to look around yeah, yeah. awesome thanks yeah sure amazing so Mm, from a really practical side um i mean that was really helpful with the lunar cycle having that macro level starting point but then also the individual or more micro level starting point so i think that's really cool having a a true starting point in their minds now now tuning in into these very special times, weird times, uncertain times. <laughs> Are there any tips you could give out to the listeners or what potential do these times hold for us? So um, is, is there anything that you could say about the quality of the energy right now or maybe a tip people could understand this energy better if they are feeling very strong emotions or um because this time it's it's extreme so i think it's it's very much up and down up and down and i think you mentioned it like this as well in your latest podcast like on and off on and off so Is there, from an energetic, um, astrological perspective, a tip to deal with that? Yes, absolutely. And so I, I want to start this by saying I have had, because I do study these cycles and I, and I look, I just, you know, I look at it as what's coming down the pipeline. I've been imagining the energies of 2020 and envisioning them and paying attention to them for a very long time, like since I began probably 10 years ago. And so... I'm going to share what my interpretation has been of 2020 from an astrological perspective um, for the last few years. And you can, on my podcast, I have a lot of episodes that were, I have a couple episodes that I created uh, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, really talking about the themes of 2020 um, because they're huge. And so I'm going to share what my What, what my analogies are, what my themes are for 2020. But I wanted to just add, not from a lens of uh, just, just some due diligence, it feels on my part to say, I have been saying this before it started unfolding the way it's been unfolding. And I, there has been moments in the last few weeks where even I've had to sort of pause and say, wow, there, this is much more extreme than even I believe it to be, but I definitely had the voice of this. They were going to feel some, there's going to be a big shift. So just saying, cool. um, All right. I'm saying this, I'm, this is what I was saying before this started happening only because now that it's happening, I'm finding, um, 
having that, just looking back and on the dots. So really the theme that I've been seeing for 2020 is let's imagine a pyramid. So it's as if, and again, this can go back. This has to do with these cycles in Capricorn. Um, back at the end of the late 1700s, uh, we had the similar energy that we're having now. And so back at the end of the 1700s, we had this reorganization of power, basically. This has to do with Pluto in Capricorn for those who are um, interested in the details. But I'm going to, uh, yeah, so basically Pluto is the planet of power and Capricorn is the constellation of authority and organization and rules and how do we, you know, who's in charge and who's writing the rules and um, who has the authority. So essentially Pluto in Capricorn is saying this is this time where there's a power, a, a handoff of power, basically, because Pluto is transformation. So the, 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 the Capricorn energy of the structures and the institutions and the authority is, is, is transforming. Um, and this has been happening since 2008. So this cycle that I'm specifically talking to Pluto and Capricorn started in 2008. Again, the same, we're still in it. We're going to be in it till 2023. This same energy also was happening at the end of the 1700s. I think 17, 1762 to 1778 to be exact. So what, the analogy I'm using is a pyramid. So we can imagine that the way that we've structured power on earth has been, and I say we, because I really feel as though like from a certain, to a certain extent, when I talk about the macro, I'm saying like, we're all of it. We're all of it. So even though we may not think me on my micro individual level created these, these systems of power, I'm talking from this macro level saying we're all of it. We're the whole universe. On the micro level, I would use different language, but on the macro, the bigger picture, we as humanity created certain systems of power that were shaped like a pyramid where there was a, there was a few small groups potentially on top um, who, and the, the groups on top of the pyramid had a bigger view. Maybe they knew more information. They could see more. Just imagine like, for example, if you're like, at, if you've ever been at a pyramid or if you haven't, you could just imagine like a tall building when you're at the bottom of a building, you can only see so much from the view, right? Like we're on the earth. We can see like as far as we can on the ground, but when we're at the top of the building, if we're like, like at the top of the skyscraper, or at the top of the pyramid, we can see the view for like miles and miles and miles to come. We can see a lot. And when we can see what's going on, we have information, we have context, we have, you know, a bigger domain of awareness. So these systems on our planet were set up as a pyramid. And there were, again, there's only room for so many on top of the pyramid. And those who are on top of the pyramid have access to this bigger vantage point. They have more information or they know more, perhaps. And then as we go down the pyramid, you know, the pyramid's base is larger. There's this larger base. And that's really where um, the masses are. We're down here at the bottom. And you know, we're all of it. So we're also the ones at the top, but we're down here at the bottom and we can only see so much or we're only given this much information. And we kind of, you know, the ones at the top are, can yell down to us and say, Oh yeah, this is what we see from up here. And this is what's happening and filling us in on information. And we're down here at the bottom of the pyramid and we just have to take their word for it. Right. It's like, we just follow the narrative or we're, we're told what to trust or we're told what to believe. So for the last, you know, 300 years more, um, 
how we've organized in 3D reality. And again, this is maybe more of from a Western lens. I'm not saying I don't have the experience of participating in a culture that hasn't been organized this way, but I am hopeful that they do exist somewhere as an alternative to this. But for mm-hmm. the most part, yeah. mainstream, this big pyramid, few on top, masses underneath, few on top, like calling the shots, yelling down what's, you know, this is what's going to happen, whatever. So really since 2008, Pluto has come in to transform this dynamic, to transform the pyramid, to really hand off the power to switch it up. And so at the beginning and the end of last year and the beginning of this year, I was saying this is going to be a time where the pyramid, um, there's an equalization that happens in the pyramid where the pyramid, you know, I was using the language of falling, but now I almost feel like that may be um, a trigger for certain people. So I don't feel like it's necessarily like a, a falling in terms of it's chaos and everything's out of control, but instead more of like a controlled demolition where we know, okay, this is an old decaying building. This old building has to come down. It's not fair for everybody. We need to switch it up. And so there's this equalization that's happening from like a structural level. So it's as if we've organized this appearance and now uh, if you could see me I kind of am making these this pyramid with my arms and then now that the pyramids come down and it's all sort of an equalization now when I say it's all equal I mean we're all on the same level but that's happening from a from an energetic inside place so we're still going to see you know the rubble and we're still going to see the systems and these pyramid systems are obviously still very much in effect in our world but from an energetic perspective there's this equal playing field and again like i said i was saying i've been saying this but now as we look at the world if we wanted to connect some dots you know we're having this first time that from a from humanity like the majority of humanity experiencing the same thing. There's this equal playing field. And then also as we are, you know, in this time of these, this change, this equalization, we have an ability to stop and say, wait a minute, how were we organizing before (laughs) or the ways that we were organizing now maybe seem, well, that really wasn't working or that really isn't going to work. Or how did I keep doing that? Or how was I playing into that system? Or we're getting this opportunity to really shift and change. And this can come from all sorts of different ways. But essentially, what I feel is happening is it's the structure that holds up our 3D reality, which has been, again, based on exclusion and based on not every being exclusive and not everybody's allowed to be at the top and um, only a few hold the, the tippy prized seats at the top of the pyramid on top of all of us all everybody else. Now it's this time where we get to build a new structure. Now, how do we build a new structure? That's a whole other thing. And that's, you know, going to take time, like the next few decades, even it's not saying this isn't like a quick fix type thing, but that this transformation from a systemic level has been happening and, and how Pluto's transformation works is through unveiling truths. So the thing is, you know, if you think back, I think back to who I was before 2008, I've learned a lot of information since then. And so I like to use an example of, you know, when you get the truth of what's in chicken nuggets, uh, like at a fast food restaurant, like I loved those. And now that I know what's in them and I know how it affects my body and I know how I know more, I know the truth of it. I'm not going to be able to still eat those chicken nuggets. And so (laughs) since 2008, the transformation has been happening through truth surfacing truth around our 
truth around the structure, truth around who's in charge, truth around the rules, truth around who we're following, truth around who has authority. And now we're at this this time, 2020 is this pivot time where we see, yeah, we can't keep going the way we're going. Um, Okay, yeah, we got to change up the structure. But it's not the time where we necessarily have to figure out how to change all of this. We, Like I said, we have like the whole, the, this whole decade is going to be about that. But 2020 is a time where we can't, or we can do whatever we want really, but where it's not going to work to operate the way we used to operate as efficiently as it used to, if we could even consider that efficient. But we're going to learn a whole new narrative of what true efficiency can be, what true sustainability can be, what true self-responsibility can be. But right now, we have to to get to that point where ask to really be open to change, to embrace change, to embrace the unknown, um, which is hard. It's hard for the human experience. It really, really is. But, you know, from my perspective, I feel as though it would have been harder for humanity if everything stayed the same. If everything stayed the same, then we wouldn't be really uh, birthing these new changes that I really feel in the long run, we're going to look back at this time. And of course, this is on a macro level. So those of us experiencing struggle on the micro, those of us who don't have homes or those of us who have homes with toxic people that we live like, there are so many ways where I'm not saying everybody is going to look back on this time and love it. But I think from a macro collective human level, we're going to look back at this time and say, oh, this is when the humans, that was when the humans woke up to that they were operating under a system that (laughs) power them <laughs> and they, they decided hey maybe we should start thinking about this questioning this and then that was what ushered in you know the next decade of 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 true transformation from a from an organizational level yes hopefully yes yeah. yes <laughs> right so that's a that's a very powerful um uh perspective or a very powerful forecast if i can say so and I love it. It's it's good food for thought and hopefully like a strong motivation for people to really, you know, rise up and do something and take action and in, in whatever form that that is. And yeah. so going into the into the micro level, is is there anything that you could um that you can share or what people can do if if they are kind of overwhelmed at the moment in whatever form. Yes, absolutely. So just back to the pyramid for a quick second, how I said mm-hmm. there's been the, 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 the few on top who have access to lots of information and the masses on the bottom have kind of been left in the dark. And so on a micro level, really what I feel like, because this is about power, is coming back to the power that we each have as humans. We have been misinformed about what it means to be human. We have the whole universe within us. We have this expanse of potential and we've literally been you know, disconnected from it maybe deliberately, who knows, but because the old structure couldn't have everybody empowered on top because it wasn't modeled that way. It it didn't work that way. But now this equalization comes from each of us taking back the power, taking back the personal power that exists within each of us. So again, the old model 
had to do with us waiting to get the, you know, get the news or get the orders from up above and follow the orders and know our place in the pyramid. And this new model is saying, you are your own pyramid. You can be your, and, and actually I've been thinking of it and, and kind of envisioning it as if we flip the pyramid. And when you flip the pyramid, you imagine it's like the shape of a diamond really. And that we are diamonds. So when we take the power of the masses and we flip it up to the top, we literally flip the pyramid. We see that there can be mass amounts of power at the top or not that it's necessarily hierarchical, but we have this, these diamonds of personal power within us. And so really what the core on a micro level is, this is about self-responsibility. This is about sovereignty. This is about answering to yourself, asking yourself, following your own lead. Because the other model was based on taking orders. I guess we can just say, I'll say it that way. Taking orders, following someone else's lead, looking to someone else to, you know, make the decisions. And now we flip the pyramids with the opposite. Now it's about us as individuals making the decisions we know we need, us following our own lead, us following our own guidance, us following um, like our personal power. And, you know, if you've been, um, let's say, for example, like you, I, I, it's, this is a funny way of saying it, but when I was in uh, university, I remember the kids who had really strict uh, parents growing up, they kind of went off the deep end in college. Like they were super excited because they had all this freedom and they could like do all these <laughs> things with it. And like they got into some toxic situations where I was someone where I always had a lot of trust and freedom with my parents. So for me, it wasn't really that different. So why I'm using this analogy is because right now <clears throat> we are getting this new level of personal power, but some of us potentially have really listened to the orders. We've really followed the system. We've really had a strict, you know, it's an analogy, but we've had that strict societal upbringing where we are so used to playing that game. We're so used to following the lead of someone else that we can like now have go into these new energies where we have that self self um responsibility that self commitment and it can be like what how do we even do this i don't even know what this looks like i don't even know so like i said these transits now we're just the start of a whole new decade of some revolutionary changes in terms of from astrological lens of reor reorganizing um but i think on the micro level it's about recognizing the power of what it means to be human. We are literally miracles. We are literally the entire universe. Like maybe even the micro level, just thinking about the fact that your heart is beating in your chest and you're breathing automatically and you're able to think. And so on the micro level, it's about finding what we have within us, those diamonds within us, that gold within us, and not looking outside of us anymore for validation, not looking outside of us anymore for systems to take care of us. Or um, and, and again, we may be in a situation where we, we do. And, that, and this is what I want to say next is that there, and then having patience with ourselves. Patience, patience, patience. Because if we've been part of the system for so long and we do literally rely on the system, like all of us do, I do, all of us do, we have to start seeing, okay, wait, I'm powerful. Maybe I could shift this. Maybe I can't. I don't know. But remembering the power of, you know, it can come back to love or it can come back to creation or source energy or what, however you want to call it, that it exists within us. So on a micro level, it's really, you know, 
it's that inner love versus fear or, or not even versus fear, but fear coming back to love and seeing that within each of us, we do have power. And maybe we're there where we're like, yeah, I know I'm powerful. And then we're at the level where we take that power and we do something with it. Maybe we're at a level where we don't feel powerful at all. And our job right now is to just, you know, notice how unempowered we are or to really be sit with our fears or sit with ourselves. But you know, it does come back to that. What we talked about earlier of that listening to yourself, sitting with yourself, tuning into yourself. Yeah. I love that. I think it's, it's important. And I also see it as a, as a huge part, you know, taking that time to process and taking that time to accept. And yeah, as you said, just, just having patience and accepting that things might take longer than we think. I can draw the parallel to, you know, creating new routines. And for example, you, you, you talked about it in the introduction. You want to incorporate more elements into your morning routine. And that can also take such a long time and it's, it probably requires more patience for most of us than we thought. And yeah. And I mean, if we're speaking about like changing a whole system that requires patience, or if we go into, you know, deeper levels of what we've learned and how we've been raised and yeah. And I I absolutely love the image of you are own, your own pyramid and you are your own diamond. I mean, how beautiful is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think it's that were really or this are really empowering words from your side. And I love that we close with the the call to action for more reconnection and for re-empowerment, because that's really part of my mission. That what my heart, that's what my heart beats for. And I love that it can, comes naturally down to that. And um, that we all have to play our part in this and we have to reclaim our sovereignty and our responsibility and we have to become more self-reliant again. And uh, I, I also think that this time, although it can be or it can come with a lot of heartbreak and a lot of hurt and grief, it also bears the potential for a lot of change, positive change. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So is is there anything else from your side that you'd like to add that we didn't touch on? No, I just thank you for having me on. And thanks to listeners who have listened. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. I think the same. And um, I was really excited because it's a new topic for me. I mean, I... I've had a few conversations about the stars and, you know, planetary constellations. But yeah, talking about that more in depth and in this context, I'm really grateful for. So thank you so much for, uh, for your time today and for sharing all of this. You are so welcome. <laughs> thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving inspired and with a new energy to change things up for the better, to become more self-reliant and sovereign, having the tailwind of these current energies. If you like this episode and you want to support this podcast, there's a few things you can do. First off, hit the subscribe button either on the web player, which is on my website, or on your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends or family member and please share this episode with one person right now. It's easily done through either WhatsApp or the share function in your podcast app. You can also write a review on iTunes. This helps me immensely, honestly immensely, to inspire new listeners and to spread the message of freedom, empowerment and reconnection. And please feel free to reach out to me if you like to discuss any collaborations or forms of sponsoring. Thanks again for listening. I'm sending much love and cosmic light to all of you.